welcome to Inside the Dome Podcast. DB here for you. And we're going to cover the Red Sox versus Toronto Blue Jays series that happened a while ago. Yes, I'm slipping. I'm slacking. I, uh, we're a couple series behind here, so bear with us. Uh, we'll hopefully be getting the Orioles series from last week and the uh, Marlins series that just finished up yesterday uh, out to you as soon as we can. But we're going to just try to get this one out first, uh, which happened two weeks ago. It was June 11th was a series. It was a four-game series against the Boston Red Sox, I believe. Yeah, it was in Boston. And, uh, yeah, it was a iffy series for the Jays. Uh, yeah, they looked good, but they also blew some games. Uh, we're going to get into all these games here. But before we do, we want to give a word to our sponsor. That is a Fenty City. Use discount code DOME10 at LaunchCart. To save some money on Offentee City, um, buy some cool offensive merch, and yeah, check them out. Use our discount code. And you can always follow us on Instagram and Twitter. At Twitter, it's in the dome pod, and on Instagram, it's inside the dome. So we're going to get into the Red Sox versus uh, Jays. Game one, uh, Teoscar Hernandez uh, singled on a line drive uh, right before Hunter Renfro. Bo Bichette scores. And Vladdy Jr. goes to second. That was our first little first indication of runs. Then right after that, Bo Bichette singles on a sharp ground ball in the second to uh, Henry Hernandez. Uh, Reese McGuire scores. Bo goes to second. It's two nothing Jays. Teoscar Hernandez singles again on a sharp line drive. Uh, Bo ends up scoring from that, so we got three nothing Jays. And then uh, in the bottom of the third inning, Bobby Dalback. Bobby Dalback. Love how Buck says his name. He got his seventh homer. He's the first baseman for the Red Sox. 3-1. That was right to center field, a fly ball. Uh, Vladdy Guerrero homered. His number 19. He's uh, He's got a lot more since then. <laughs> uh, Marcus Simeon was on base. So we got a 5-1 Jays lead. And this is in the sixth inning right here. Uh, the Jays definitely should not have lost this game. I'm going to be honest. And then in the sixth, Hunter Renfro singles. And uh, Gritchick had to make the play, but Verdugo scored. Then uh, Marwin Gonzalez walks, Hunter Renfro scores, Christian Vasquez to third, Christian Arroyo to second, it's 5-3 Toronto at this point. Uh, well pitch uh, by Chatwood, who was not good, he walked a whole bunch of batters in this game. Christian Arroyo to third, Marwin Gonzalez to second, then Christian Arroyo homers on a fly ball to center field, and we have a tie game. That was in the eighth inning, so it was after the well pitch didn't indicate the uh, scoring there. It was uh, they ended up getting out of that, and then Arroyo just hit a home run, and then uh, Verdugo singles on a fly ball to center field, and Danny Sant- Santana Santana scores. Then it's six to five um, Red Sox, and that's how they that's how the game ended in the uh, bottom of the ninth. So it was a sacrifice fly that went in, but uh, the Jays definitely should have. Shouldn't have let this game go. The Jays couldn't get any offense going, and uh, they ended up turning this game over. Uh, Riley Adams ended up grounding out into the force out, which uh, ended the game. So we're going to take a look at the pitching in this. Uh, so for the Jays, uh, it was Ross Stripling going 5-2. and two. Uh, He had five hits, four runs, uh six strikeouts he looked good for the most part ross ross uh this is like i think this is like his last kind of not rowan's a rough outing it was good he did give up some runs but uh we'll be talking about in a future episodes ross has really stepped up his game and it's really good to see um yeah so tyler chatwood uh, yeah he did not do good uh he he got pulled quickly i think he only came in for like a couple outs 
Not even, he didn't even stay in for a whole inning. And then Meza uh, gave up one hit. That was it. He was okay. Edwards Jr., yeah, he, he did not, he did not do good. He gave up a home run. Uh, yeah, he was not, he was not great. And then uh, Dolis gets the loss on that. And uh, Whitlock on the Red Sox got the win. They move up and uh, they get a win. The Red Sox, which uh, they're ahead of the Jays right now. And it's, it's going to be tough for the Jays to catch them. Yeah, the Red Sox at this time time of when the game happened, they went to 39-25, and 25 and the Jays are just one game over 500 at this point. So then we go on to game two, and this one was a bit better for the Jays fans, that's for sure. It uh, So we're going to start off with Vladimir Guerrero, home run. In the top of the first inning on a fly ball to center field, Bo scores. 2-0 Jays right off the bat. And then nothing really happens until the fifth inning. Kevin Biggio homers his fourth homer on a fly ball to center field. 3-0 Jays. Then Simeon homers for his 14th in the same inning to left center. And Reese McGuire scores. Uh, and then Bo Bichette homers in the same inning. Like a crazy fifth inning for the Jays. 6 nothing at this point. Then we go to the bottom of the sixth. Christian Vasquez singles on a line drive. And Raphael Devers scores make it 6-1. Then Devers triples. Who's, he's got a hot bat. He is... He's a good young player, Rafael Devers. And J.D. Martinez scores, so it's 6-2 to two, uh, in the bottom of the 8th. Then in the top of the ninth, he didn't need any more, but Reese McGuire gets his first home run of the season, which is nice to see from him because uh, the Jays catchers have been struggling offensively with the bat, so it's good to see Reese McGuire kind of pick it up. And you'll see as we get on further, Reese McGuire is on a really hot two-week hitting streak right now. So the guy is... he. He's hitting everything right now. So yeah, Reese McGuire made it seven to two, and then that's basically how he'd finish. The uh, Red Sox can't muster anything up. Christian Arroyo grounds out to the third baseman, Kevin Biggio, and Bobby Dalback grounds out sharply, and then Danny Santana strikes out swinging. So uh, bam. The Jays pick up a big 7-2 win, a bounce-back victory. And, uh, yeah, Jordan Romano came in for Rafael Dolis, who left the game injured. But uh, Jordan Romano picking up slack. He's been our number one closer this year. And, yeah, he picked up a win for us, 7-2 Jays in Game 2 of the series, which was beautiful. Now we'll move on to Game 3. So right now, the way that it's going, you're probably like, wow, the Jays, like, they should have won Game 1. They lost in, like, the ninth inning because of the bullpen. And uh, that was a winnable game. And then we go into this game and this is more of domination by the Toronto Blue Jays. Teoscar Hernandez homers ninth on a line drive to left field. Simeon and Bo were on base. 3-0 Jays. Lourdes Goriel solo home run. 4-0 Jays. Marcus Simeon 15th homer of the season. Fly ball to center field. Home run. 5-0 Jays. And then we go to the bottom of the second now. Xander Bogarts homers. One of the best shortstops in baseball. So it is 5-1. Vladimir Guerrero Jr singles on a ground ball to left fielder J.D. Martinez but Jonathan Davis scores and Bo goes to second at 6-1 Jays. Teoscar Hernandez a huge home run 10th of the year a fly ball scores Bo Bichette and Vladdy Jr. 9-1 Jays and that is right you heard that correctly two three-run homers from Teoscar Hernandez yes Teoscar Hernandez Teo is daddy uh top of the fifth Marcus Simeon on a he gets out on a sacrifice fly to center but Lourdes scores and Bo homers 13th of the season on a fly ball to left field Kevin Biggio and Jonathan Davis scores a three-run homer for Bo Bichette 13-1 Jays, and basically uh, n- nothing really goes too great for Boston. They do get a couple of runs here with uh, Enrique Hernandez doubles on a sharp drive to center fielder Jonathan Davis, and Christian Arroyo scores Kevin 
Pilecki scores. And then we go to the sixth inning. Kevin Biggio gets in on the fun. He hits a home run to left center. 14-3. Vladdy comes back up. Boom! Home run again. Vladdy, <laughs> Vladdy Guerrero can do no wrong right now. One of the best hitters in baseball. He's having a career year, and you love to see it. You fucking love to see this shit. Bo Bichette scores on it, so it's 16-3 Jays, and... It doesn't get any better for the Red Sox. Uh, oh, uh, it gets better for the Jays, but the Red Sox do try to fight back. Bobby Dahl back. Home run. Gets his eighth. But then Rowdy Telez, the Boston Bomber, they like to call him. He hits a home run. Who hits always? He loves hitting in that Fenway Park. Rowdy hit a home run to make it 18-4. to And Bo Bichette scored on that as well. And bam, that is the game. It was an absolute destruction by the Toronto Blue Jays. So when this team hits home runs, uh, you better watch out because I don't think they're losing a game where they hit more than a few home runs. Uh, yeah, so we go to Robbie Ray gets the win. He went six innings, four hits. Uh, three runs, three earned runs, uh, ten strikeouts, and one home run. Trent Thornton went two innings, gave up two hits and one run, two strikeouts. Beasley went one inning, gave up nothing, which is nice. And that's that's how it ends. Uh, Perez got the loss for the Red Sox. He pitched. He he got hit up early. He only went one inning, one point one, and six hits, and uh, yeah, five runs. And then Weber came in and went five two. Who basically he was the starter, but he's a reliever. He still gave up 13 hits and 11 runs. So, But they just went with him for the long run. But the Toronto Blue Jays pick up a huge win. And they're up 2-1 to one right now. So right now you're looking like the Jays could have won 3 here easily. Well, we go to game 4 now. And the last game of this series against the Boston Red Sox. And then you... Not much happened in this game. It was a very pitcher's duel. While you had Alec Manoa go 6 innings. He gave up four hits and only one run. Uh, he had five strikeouts. And then Evaldi went 6.2 for the Red Sox. Three hits, zero runs. Who was very, he looked very good in that game. Piamps came in for the Jays. Two innings, two strikeouts. He looked solid. And then uh, there he is, Rafael Dolis screwed up again. Uh, he, yeah, he only went, well, he only got one out in this inning too. But yeah, so I guess they did pull him again. Yeah, he's out right now with injury issues. So, yeah, Rafael Dolis has, has got to get his shit figured out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so uh, Barnes gets a win for the Red Sox. And now we'll take a look at the uh, the batting on this because it was just Alex Verdugo doubles on a fly ball to Guriel. Guriel couldn't catch it. And uh, Enrique Hernandez scores. That was one nothing for a long time. That happened at the bottom of the third. Nothing happened until the top of the ninth inning when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Boom! 22 homers on the year fly ball the center field to tie the game and then we go to the bottom of the ninth and yeah the bullpen could not get the last save and Raphael Devers singles on a sharp fly ball uh and Verdugo scores and that was the ball game after a the Jays cannot muster anything else run supporter than a Vladdy Guerrero Jr. home run and Devers gets the RBI to win the game 2-1 Red Sox and again two Blue Jays losses in the ninth inning they blow the lead after the game is well they were trailing a lot in this game and they tied it up and then lost in the bottom of the ninth but game one they were winning 5-1 and you lose 6-5 in the ninth inning because your bullpen blows the game again so we're gonna have to see what the Jays do now we need a lot of bullpen help you know that's their main struggle right 
right now that they need some help with their arms in the bullpen. So I don't know if Ross Atkins is going to pick up some. Or there's other uh, rumors that uh, Marcus Simeon may be on the move because you could definitely get a pretty penny for him. And he is a free agent at the end of the year. And the Jays don't want to lose him and get nothing because you know he's going to be going for a payday after the year he's having. So do you think use him till July, ship him off, get some prospects, maybe get a good uh, everyday player out of it as well? Maybe if you can. So there's a lot a lot of news that will happen and we'll keep you updated on that and we'll be giving our thoughts. But right now, that's where we're sitting. So we're going to go to Donnie now where he's going to talk about talk about the New York Yankees series versus the Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, coming up on our next episode, we will be talking about the Orioles and Jays series and the Marlins and Jays series. That'll be coming up next time on the next episode of Inside the Dome Podcast. But Donnie is going to be right here on this episode talking about the New York Yankees series. So uh, take it away, Donnie. Hey, what's up, everyone? Donnie here with you. The Blue Jays came off that tough Red Sox series in which they did have a split. However, all four of the games are very winnable for them. Just, you know, one or two things didn't break their way, either of their own doing or external circumstances, we'll call it. So the Blue Jays are hoping for some better luck here heading into this Yankee series. Uh, Unfortunately, as you'll see, better luck was not the case. In game one on Tuesday, the Blue Jays led off with some runs in the first inning as Jordan Montgomery, the Yankees pitcher, started the game by walking the first three batters as Simeon, Bichette, and Vladdy all reached by walk. Teoscar Hernandez came in up next and hit a sacrifice fly, scoring one run. Unfortunately, that's all the Jays could muster with the bases loaded, no one out, as Randall Grichuk popped out and Lourdes Goriel grounded out to end the threat. Worst of all, in the top of the second inning, the very next half inning, Gary Sanchez homered off Blue Jays ace Hunjin Ryu, who was starting, and not at his best, might I add, making this a tie game. But the Jays would come right back with a homer of their own, as in the bottom of the third, Bo Bichette led off with a home run, giving the Blue Jays a 2-1 lead that would last a whole half inning. As in the top of the fourth, Chris Gittens homered to center field off Hunjin Ryu. That was his first major league hit and home run, of course, snapping a 0-14 streak, I believe, to start his major league career, and it tied up the game at 2-2. But... Once again, that tie game would not last, as in the bottom of the fourth, with the bases loaded. Catcher Gary Sanchez of the Yankees allows a pass ball. His catching was not very good in the series, but with the home run, he at least made up for it with his bat. That allowed a run to score. That was with Bo Bichette batting, and it's 3-2. Same at bat, Bo Bichette singled in the other two runs, giving the Blue Jays a 5-2 lead that hopefully they wouldn't relinquish. But come the sixth inning, the Yankees start their comeback. After Gio Urshela singled and Gary Sanchez doubled, Miguel Andujar grounded out, scoring a run. Blue Jays lead trimmed down to 5-3. to three. In the seventh inning, the Yanks keep coming. In this case, Brett Gardner leads off with a home run against Castro, who had just come in to replace Hunjin Ryu at the top of the inning. The game is now 5-4. Very next batter, DJ LeMahieu doubles, and that would come back to bite. As a wild pitch later on in the inning by Castro allowed DJ LeMahieu to score, tying the game at 5 all. In the 8th inning, 
the Yankees officially take their first lead of the game as Clint Frazier doubled, allowing Tyler Wade, a pinch runner for Miguel Andujar, to score, giving the Yanks a 6-5 lead, which would be the final. Hunjin Ryu's final line on the day, six innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs, four walks, three strikeouts, two homers. Definitely not what we're used to seeing from Ryu, but hopefully he can turn it around. He's our ace. We got to give him the benefit of the doubt. And it doesn't seem, based on his spin rate numbers, that he's been affected by this whole spider tack controversy going around baseball. Uh, Really what this comes down to is the bullpen not being able to get outs. Anthony Castro, of course, let the two runs in the seventh. He actually only recorded one out while giving up two hits and walking one. Carl Edwards Jr. came in and walked one and got an out before he was removed due to injury. Tim Meza then came in and finished off the seventh inning and got the first out of the eighth inning before he himself got into some trouble and Jordan Romano had to come in. Overall, Tim Meza gets credited with the loss and Anthony Castro gets dinged with a blown save, giving up that five to three lead in the seventh inning. Meanwhile, the Yankees pitchers, Montgomery, allowed five runs, only four of them earned over five and a third innings, five hits, four walks, four strikeouts, and a home run allowed. Not the best line, but he kept his team in it and gave his team a chance to win, and the bullpen did the rest. As Luis Sesa, Jonathan Loisuega, and Zach Britton combined to hold down the remaining 2.2 innings before turning it over to Chapman to get his 13th save of the season. Game 2. Hopefully some better luck here. Starting pitchers was Ross DeBoss Stripling, who's been fantastic his last couple times out going up against Yankees ace Garrett Cole, who is absolutely in the middle of that spider tack situation. But luckily for Cole, his team gets him a lead right away. Giancarlo Stanton gets an RBI on a sack fly, scoring DJ LeMahieu, who had reached on a throwing error by Joe Panic in the first inning. Ross Stripling did not have the best first inning, as apart from that error, he also allowed a single and a walk, but able to get out of it with only giving up that one run on the sack fly. And his offense will bail him out as Marcus Simeon, leading off the game, picks up his 16th homer of the year against Garrett Cole, tying this one up at one. And that's where we remain until the bottom of the fifth when Kevin Biggio homered for his sixth on the year, fresh off a injured list stint, giving the Jays a 2-1 to one lead. And Ross Stripling was just cruising. He had a 3-up, three 3-down three second inning, a 3-up, three 3-down three third inning, 3-up, three 3-down three fourth inning, and would have had a 3-up, three 3-down three fifth inning if not for a walk to Brett Gardner with two out, but nothing have happened with it. And in the sixth inning, again, would have had a 3-up, three 3-down three inning. However, Joe Panic once again made a fielding error, which they were able to get out of it, and that's, of course, where the viral video went of Ross Stripling calling out Joe Panic for not being able to make the play from the mount. After the game, Stripling apologized um, to his team. He apologized to Joe Panic 
shortly after they got off the field um, and basically said it was the most embarrassing moment of his life. Um, Stripling did stay out for the uh, beginning of the seventh inning, which just was, I believe, the first time he had pitched into the seventh inning of a game that he started. He did uh, pitch into the seventh inning as a bulk player behind a, a starter, but this was his first time as a starter. It didn't start off so well. Andujar singled, and after getting Odor to strike out, they went to a pinch hitter in Gary Sanchez, and guess what Gary Sanchez did? Hit a two-run bomb to give the Yankees a 3-2 to two lead that's unfortunately where the score would finish uh garrett cole did go eight innings the line score looked pretty good four hits allowed two runs one walk four strikeouts two home runs allowed Uh, however watching the game i can say that a lot of the contact off garrett cole was hard contact unfortunately it just seemed like the yankees fielders were always in the right place at the right time or it was hard ground balls which i mean as a starting pitcher you will take more bad news in this game was replacing ross stripling in that seventh inning was rafael dolis who did not record an out instead walked the guy on four pitches and then as it turns out he had no feeling in his hand not a good sign two straight days where a bullpen arm has to leave and both would end up going on the IL uh, Trent Thornton replaced Elise and Patrick Murphy fresh off an IL stint of his own uh, made his season debut in the ninth inning of this game pitching a clean inning and striking out one meanwhile on the Yankees ledger Cole gets credited with the win Chapman his 14th save back-to-back saves for him and Stripling gets hung with the L which puts us into our finale hoping that the Jays can simply avoid a sweep. Spoiler alert they did not as this one was all Yankees from the get-go the Blue Jays made it close in the middle innings but once again the bullpen gave it away. The starters for the f- rubber match of this series was Michael King for the Yankees, their fill-in starter, and Toronto starter was TJ Zoik, who was pitching in Steven Matz's position. More on Matz later. Zoik did not have a great start, although I don't think the Jays really expected him to. He only was able to go three innings, and he gave up a couple runs. Starting in the second, he gave up a RBI after Urshela doubled and Gardner singled, putting runners at first and third. Miguel Andujar reached on a fielder's choice, allowing one run to score and not to mention Zoik actually made a bad throw so everyone was safe but luckily no more damage would come of that top of the third inning though Urshela's at it again after doubling in the previous inning he steps up to the plate with a runner on and he hits a home run to left Yankees up three to nothing before the third inning is out that would be it for Zoik as he would not return for the fourth but luckily his offense does do some work for him in the bottom of the third with one out Santiago Espinal walks against Michael King Reese McGuire followed up with a double to right field scoring Espinal next batter Marcus Simeon back to the top of the order singles putting runners out the corner Bo Bichette ends up grounding out and then as the next batter allowing another run to come home and score Blue Jays only trailing 
three to two now at the end of three. And as I said, in the middle innings, the Blue Jays make it interesting. In the fifth inning, after Espinal singled, Yankees go to their bullpen, pulling King and replacing him with Lucas Lutke. Lutke promptly allows a Reese McGuire double to left field, although it was probably a catchable ball if you didn't have third baseman Miguel Andujar out there. It ends up with Espinal at third, McGuire at second. Next batter, Marcus Simeon, grounds out, allowing the tying run to score, giving the Blue Jays a tie again for the first time since the first inning when it was 0-0. All squared at three, the Blue Jays will take their first lead of the game in the sixth inning. After a Vladimir Guerrero single, Chad Green came in to replace Lucas Lutke, and I don't know what it is about Green, he can pitch really well to everyone except the Blue Jays, because after a pass ball, once again by Gary Sanchez, catching not his strong suit, allowing Guerrero to move up to second, Randall Grichuk with a solid single through the middle allows Guerrero to score, giving the Blue Jays that 4-3 lead. Unfortunately, as all things, the good times stop rolling in the seventh inning as the Blue Jays' bullpen just falls apart. Anthony Castro, after finishing the sixth inning, comes out to start seventh and promptly allows four straight batters to reach. An Odor single, a Stanton homer, gives the Yankees a 5-4 lead. Gary Sanchez singles, Gio Ursula singles, prompting a pitching change. Tim Meza comes in to relieve Castro and will get two quick outs without allowing runs to score. However, the very next batter, Chris Gittens, pinch hitting for Tyler Wade to get the righty-lefty matchup, uh, singles, allowing two runs to score. The score is now 7-4 to four as Castro gets charged with all those runs. And that's where the score would remain until the ninth inning when Chris Gittens will add a sack fly to give the Yankees an 8-4 lead, giving them a little bit of breathing room, no Chapman needed, as Zach Britton pitches a clean ninth inning. Chad Green ends up getting credited with, excuse me, with the win, and Toronto pitchers, uh, not much to be happy about other than those middle innings. Zoic, three innings, five hits, three runs, only two earned, but also two walks and two strikeouts. Joel Pyamps, pitched a good one one and two-thirds inning, only allowing a walk and two strikeouts. Tyler Saucedo, making his major league debut, pitched a clean inning, striking out one. And then Anthony Castro, as we talked about, came on in that sixth inning, got the out and the sixth inning, but in the seventh, the wheels fell off as he wasn't able to get any out. Got charged with all four of those runs, even though two of them had scored off a single that Tim Meza allowed. Meza pitched out of the seventh uh, with a little help from Tyler Chatwood to get the last out of the seventh. Chatwood pitched a clean eighth inning, still a little wild. He had a lot of three ball counts, but didn't walk anyone, didn't allow any hit. Jeremy Beasley almost gave up a big two run home run, but it ends up only being the sacrifice fly as he pitched the inning, the ninth inning, and allowed three walks, and a hit for an earned run. So the Yankees complete the sweep, and as a Blue Jays fan, it's just a miserable feeling. Flipping over to the transactions ledger on June 11th, as we've talked about, Biggio officially activated from his injured list stint. 
Santiago Espinal got optioned at that point, but as you'll see, this was a busy week in transactions, and Espinal would come back. On the following day, June 12th, Tyler Saucedo selected to give some depth to the bullpen to make room on the 40-man. A.J. Cole goes to the 60-day I.L. Cole was initially on the I.L. with a neck strain, but they had announced that an oblique strain has occurred, which prompted the move to the 60-day I.L. for him. And to make room on the active roster, Jeremy Beasley got optioned. But as you just heard me say, Jeremy Beasley pitched today in the finale against the Yankees, so he will also be back. On June 13th, the day after Steven Matz had a great start against Boston, he was placed on the COVID injured list, with the next day confirming that he did indeed test positive for COVID. So the COVID protocol is once you test positive, you must isolate for 10 days minimum, and then you must be cleared for resumption. So presumably you have to have negative tests at that point. So hopefully with the upcoming day off, this will be the only start that Matt's misses was the, the finale against the Yankees, and he'll be able to come back. But with Matt's going on the COVID IL, that opened up a active roster spot. Jeremy Beasley, just optioned the previous day, comes back. Finally, on the 14th, we have a day with no movement. What a wonderful thing. But they more than make up for it at the end of the week. On the 15th, Espinal makes his return as Jonathan Davis is placed on the paternity list. And this is where it gets busy. As I talked about in my update, the Yankees series had both Edwards and Dolis leave with injuries. On the 16th, Edwards was officially placed on the 10-day injured list, and Patrick Murphy was activated, who we talked about briefly. That was his first appearance of the season, and he pitched quite well. Another guy that had been up in the bullpen earlier this season got activated off his own IL stint. That's Travis Bergen, the lefty, but he was activated and optioned down to triple A. So I'm sure we'll see him later on in the year, but as for now, he's staying with the Bisons. And then finally, on today's day, the June 17th, Rafael Dolis ends up on the IL. TJ Zoik, of course, recalled to start the game. Carl Edwards Jr. moved to the 60-day ILs with his oblique strain. So basically what that means is he can't return until the middle of August. Dolis was, of course, out with a right middle finger strain. Teoscar Hernandez ends up on the paternity list as well, so that leaves them needing an extra outfielder. So Jared Hoying, who was just signed minor league deal back in May, was selected to the roster and active for today's game, which has necessitated the Edwards to the 60-day IL so that they had an extra spot. Now, as for other injuries that weren't mentioned in that transactions portion... Charlie Montoyo did tell us that Danny Jansen was close just before Travis Bergen was uh, activated. They said that Travis Bergen threw a bullpen session to Danny Jansen. So hopefully Danny can be back up in, uh, in short order, perhaps as early as this upcoming Orioles series this weekend. And of course the big name everyone wants to know about, George Springer who did start his rehab stint in AAA earlier this week. On Tuesday's game, he played five innings in center field, went 0 for 4, 
Wednesday's game, they had him DH. He did take every turn at bat. He went one for four in that game as the DH. And then on Thursday, he played six innings in center field before being pulled. He was one for four with an RBI double. So overall, he is two for 12. Not the best line, but at this point, it's just about him playing the game and getting healthy. So that just about does it, guys. My Ring of Excellence pick uh, should be no surprise to anyone that watched the series this week. It's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Tip of the hat to him for leading all major leaguers in all-star voting. He also has an 8-game hit streak as of the end of the Yankee series and a 12-game reach base streak as only two of those games during that 12-game streak he did not get a hit. He walked instead. And he also homered in every game against the Boston Red Sox. He was their offensive catalyst when they really needed him. That about does it for Inside the Dome Pod. Remember, other than that, we will see you next time Inside the Dome.